1: Because this isn't just any vacation, this is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas.
0: In this town, there is no off season. The news never stops and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. Welcome back to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. Daryl Ryder coming to you live from West Virginia. Andrew Berry, kind enough to join us here on the podcast, or if you're watching us on YouTube, the vidcast, I don't know, whatever they call it these days. Uh, If I would have bumped into you when you were at Harvard, say around 19, 20, 21 years old, and I would have said, hey, Andrew, uh, you know, I hopped in my DeLorean can. I just want to let you know, uh, you're going to be running the Cleveland Browns and be the youngest, highest ranking executive
2: in the football community. Whoa. would your response have been to me? I would have been like, is uh, is the date April the 1st? That's what I would have assumed. Because at that point, you know, working in professional sports or in a front office, uh, I, I, I never really thought of it. Like, that was not even in my uh, calculus. Yeah, it wasn't in my calculus at all. So I would have been very, very surprised.
0: So you're, uh, if I remember correctly, you're a four-year starter, that right, was, yeah. uh, for the uh, for the Crimson. Mm-hmm. Not the newspaper, the, the team. <laughs> um so let me ask you this as delicately as i can because i want to continue the interview Uh, what happened
2: (laughs) we we we, i tell you what we had a good four-year run there daryl we uh we won the ivy league two years in a row um you know it was a it was a fantastic experience for myself had a lot of success on the field um and i'm really thankful for coach murphy for, for recruiting me and uh it was it was a very influential four years in my life
0: is that why you love corners so much <laughs> is, is there an implicit
2: bias built into you you know i was actually um i was recruited at, I, I was a high school quarterback so i first time i played corner. all right time actually, out yeah what happened That <laughs> wasn't big enough there you can you can see as we're standing next to you that's what happened my let's my, let's my, let's my frame this up pool, for right? the folks like if we're back to back my gene pool it didn't didn't quite work out neither but. did mine don't feel bad <laughs> It was just before the shorter quarterbacks were in vogue in the NFL. So uh, that, at least that's what I like to tell people. So uh, made the position switch to corner. We had actually one of our um, our senior All Conference players. He got hurt for the for the majority of the season. So the job was open. I was fortunate to win the job as a freshman. And then um, you know I had a, a three year stint where I was a first team All Conference player and an All American. And um, you know I, I love playing the position. So. You know. All right.
0: So can you name the last player from Harvard drafted? And I'm gonna be. I'm, I'm gonna be up front here. Yeah, I, I looked this up. I gotta imagine it's use check, right? There was one player right after him. That was. That's who I thought it was yeah. as well. As I look at my notes here, Cole Toner oh, in yep, the fifth yep, round, yep, number one seventy overall, Arizona. I'm,
2: I'm, I'm embarrassed. To, I'm embarrassed to say that I didn't know that one because I actually went to Harvard Year to scout Cole because I was I was okay. up in the area. I totally forgot. That's right. He, got he, was, a, he was a good athletic tackle. Um, I believe in the name. he moved inside at guard. In the NFL.
0: So what inspired you to, I guess, give up corporate America and go into scouting with the Indianapolis Colts? Because
2: you, know, like, you, you started, yeah. y-
0: you were grabbing coffee for folks type thing, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: I was I was grabbing coffee, making medical runs, holding chains at practice, um, getting Bill Pulley in, the gas station hot dogs for his lunch. Like I remember, yeah, I know. I was like, oh. all, all, all those things. But By the way, um, JW says hot dogs are not a sandwich. So it just, <laughs> we, covered, we, I, we covered that on the previous podcast. Hey, I, we can't all be right all the time right so I mean hey hot dogs are pretty clearly sandwiched.
0: I, I am not getting <laughs> between you and JW on that I will not I will not be responsible for any internal discord as a result of the uh, hot, hottest contested argument in uh, pop culture history is a hot dog a sandwich or not but uh, so uh, you're you're uh, you're in scouting with the culture you're doing all the, the, the menial tasks and and that and uh, obviously it takes a go-getting type of a, a personality to do that
2: um, and then you quickly start moving up the ranks I was very fortunate to have a number of losses that, one, gave me opportunity, and then two, didn't hold my age against me. Um, I was very fortunate to come to the NFL under Bill Bowling, in my estimation, is you know, the greatest GM of all time, so I worked under him for three years, um, we went to the Super Bowl my first year in, you know, in the league, um, I got into college scouting, and advanced scouting, um, You know, when we had you know, Peyton and, Reggie Wayne, Pierre Garcon, Dallas Clark, White, Freddie, Robert Mathis. So I, it was it was a great training ground for football. And then when Ryan Grigson was hired, that was probably my next you know major step in the career. Where you know, Ryan came in, I didn't you know, he didn't know me from Adam. Um, his background was different than Bill's, and it actually allowed me to broaden my area of expertise. So with Ryan, I ended up overseeing. Know, pro personnel, and then being the number two person in contract management, so it expanded my um, area of expertise within you know the salary cap, um, you know, and player you know player costs. Uh, and then later in my my career there, uh, that's when you know, you really started seeing some acceleration of like the data boom in the NFL. Um, Indianapolis was a very traditional shop, and you know I got to start building like a, a formative kind of research group you know within that space. Um, and then I transitioned to, to Cleveland first and under, you know, under Sashi and, um, and Paul and along with, with, with Hugh, which, you know, obviously it was a, a tough two years, um, yeah. you know, on the field, but it was an incredible learning experience because, um, you know, Sashi's background was unique. Paul's background was unique. What, um, we were comp- the way we were trying to accomplish uh, sustainable winning was, was certainly different than the sport had seen. Um, but I learned a lot. Probably the, the biggest things I learned were really more in terms of, like, management of skill because at that point um, I managed pro scouting, college scouting, Research, scouting research arms, uh, and even though I was a decision-making, uh, it was a great you know, training round for uh, overseeing different
1: across the field. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas.
0: Yeah, I confess, as someone who covered a lot of Major League Baseball, when the Browns hired Paul DePodesta, um, I wondered how hiring a baseball guy to help run an NFL franchise was, was, was going to work. And, you know, I talked a lot, to a lot of people around the game, and they said, one of paul's greatest strengths was organizational building and candidly that was something that the cleveland browns historically failed to do uh which led to well the the, the carousel so to speak both on the field and, and behind the scenes so just the impact that that paul has had on your career bringing in a, a little bit of a non-traditional perspective yeah. To, to, to the job in the yeah. organization?
2: I think with Paul, I think people forget that, um, you know, he was a assistant GM or GM in baseball for, like, 20 years. You know, he was, uh, he's obviously known for the influence of, of, of using data and analytics in, uh, you know, on-field decision-making capacities. But, you know, management is management at the highest level of sports. And, yes, the, the sport may change, but he has such a wealth of knowledge of, being at a, a senior executive level, um, you know, across a number of different organizations, that he's been a, a fantastic mentor to me, both in terms of how I think about whether it's decision making, hiring, managing, you know, leadership, you name it, because even though we're in different, even though like GMs are in different sports, deal with the same problems. Just right. the mechanics may be, you know, maybe a little bit different. And to have someone who has you know, walk those paths before has been incredibly valuable.
0: I would say probably the most unusual portion of your journey, at least from my perspective, is you leave the Browns for one year, and, and honestly, not even a year, you go to Philadelphia, and then you come back. Yeah. For you, just how yeah. I get maybe bizarre is the wrong word, but it almost feels like that's the most appropriate word yeah. because you, you leave it, here, you go there, and is. the next thing you know, but at this time when you come back, it's, it's your show yeah, to watch.
2: It's, 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 we always joke as like my internship year, uh, but it's, it, it, when I left Cleveland, I, you know, I would have never envisioned. I would have never envisioned returning because you usually don't return to the organizations that, that you leave, yeah. and um, certainly within that time frame. And I was very, very happy in Philadelphia, you know, working um, you know, with Howie Roseman, who I've mentioned before, is, is one of my, my biggest mentors in the sport, um, and, and, and worked with him in Philadelphia. But when the opportunity in Cleveland uh, came up, it was unique because it was like, okay, you have the opportunity to return to an organization where you developed a lot of these really like deep, meaningful relationships, um, not just like in a professional sense, but in a, in a personal sense. Because you know if you do go back to an organization, usually it's like way down the line, right? right. Um, you know, people that you work with the first time are, are gone, and that wasn't the case here. And I also had still, like even when I was in Philadelphia, like I was invested in the Eagles but I would also still always check the Brown scores because I think that period 2016 through 2018 where you have a, you have a major role in, in terms of bringing on a number of like the, the young players, you, you still do have a little bit of attachment to see how their careers will, will turn out. So it was a it was a unique fit for me. I was familiar with the people in the organization. Um, I, I I really liked the infrastructure, was familiar with the roster, and um, really felt like a moment.
0: Andrew Berry joining us on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. Two segments down, one more to go. Hang tight, more with the Browns EVP GM after this.